Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mastermind.fm. We're excited. I'm excited to be here because this is only like maybe my second episode, maybe third episode since I've been like months on a hiatus. So it's actually pretty exciting to kind of get back on the mic and start doing some more podcasting. I'm hoping that we get to start doing some recording over at Adventures and Businessing as well. But I'm actually excited to get here. We have a really fun show for you. We have some really fun topics that we're going to be kind of toying around with, being productive. If you're a remote worker and traveling, I just think as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, just productivity in general is such a, a, an important topic. We're also going to touch a little bit on hiring, both, uh, I would say, hiring in WordPress and outside of WordPress, just the dynamics of hiring in your business and just uh, mistakes and uh, successes and failures and struggles of building a business. So these are all the topics we're going to be talking on today. And today I have a great a kind of a panel for Mastermind.fm. So with me are two fabulous people. I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. I feel like at this point, actually, I feel like I should introduce myself because I haven't been recording very often. And so most people probably have forgotten. And if you're a new listener, you may not even know who I am. So uh, my name is James Laws. I am the co-owner of a little company called Saturday Drive. We're the company behind Ninja Forms, which is a WordPress form building plugin. And that's pretty much all I'll say about me, but I'll introduce my business partner, Kevin. Kevin, why don't you tell everyone a little uh, yeah. bit about yourself? So, so I'm, I'm Kevin. I'm the other part of the co-owner of Saturday Drive, co-creator of Ninja Forms, all that kind of stuff. Like most entrepreneurs and developers, I have a master's and almost a PhD in Roman history. So that's pretty, um, that's pretty common, I think. Super useful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And with us as well is a special guest host. I'm going to let him introduce himself. His name is Joseph Howard. He calls himself the head buff. Uh, and I'll let him explain all of that. The head buff at his business, WP Buffs. Joseph, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the mastermind audience? Sure. Howdy, everybody. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm a big fan of Saturday Drive. Well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of driving on Saturdays, period, but also <laughs> of the company. Uh, so thanks for having me on, y'all. Yeah, my name is Joe Howard. I am the head buff at WP Buffs. When you start a business in the WordPress space or in any space, really, you get to create your own title. So, you know, why not be the head buff? But my company provides ongoing care for people who run WordPress websites. So whether it's security, whether it's website speed, ongoing edits, ongoing maintenance, we provide kind of a plug and play CTO role for entrepreneurs, small businesses who run WordPress websites. So that's our niche. All right. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about the background. How did you get in the space? How did you get started in developing your business? Take us all the way back to childhood and your entrepreneur. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, give us a little bit of a background of where your kind of the entrepreneurial bug hit and how you got into the space. For sure. So I think like most people, and like was just mentioned, definitely did not graduate with a degree in WordPress. I was studied mathematics uh, and education in school. So actually, I, when I graduated from school, I was a teacher for a couple of years. I taught high school math in DC public schools for two years. So my background does not come, you know, almost at all in the technology space, but really enjoyed teaching, did that for a couple of years and was looking for a transition. I decided I didn't want to teach anymore, but still wanted something that was challenging, but I wanted something where I could choose my own team a little better. I felt like when I was teaching, you know, it was possible to be successful, but I wanted to be able to put people on my team who were able to overcome some of these challenges. So I thought, why not startups or entrepreneurship, you know, start a business and see where that takes me. So went and co-founded a couple of digital marketing companies. And that's kind of where my more of my background is and where my strength is in the digital marketing space. So that's really when I got into WordPress because we were doing digital marketing, but, you know, we needed to be able to, you know, people who need marketing. We also found a lot of people that were like, we need websites also. Right. So <laughs> we had no choice but to figure out something to do. And WordPress seemed like a really good place to be for someone like me who's not super technical, who can spin up a WordPress site, add some good functionality to it, and also just have this amazing community of people like you guys and a lot of other people who are, you know, common WordCamp attendees and stuff to really provide support there. So that's kind of how I got started WordPress space. And that was, man, seven or eight years ago now. So wow, cool. been in WordPress since then. But yeah, it's yeah. been quite quite the journey. Um before we go any further, I need to uh, I need to deal with the elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> you are an Everton supporter, right? That is correct. Blues till I die. I'm a red. <laughs> um and uh 
I don't know how we're going to deal with this gulf between us. I feel like we're te- talking in code that I don't understand. He's um, a blue, you're red. Yeah, so, Is this like Halo, red yes, versus blue? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I actually lived in, in Liverpool, and I was pretty much equidistant between Goodison and Anfield. Mm. And, and chose awesome. Anfield, obviously. I'll try not to hold anything against you. At least you guys aren't going to get relegated this year, I think. That's good. <laughs> well, Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Uh, but it's funny that you say that my wife is a Liverpool fan and actually a lot of my good and close friends are also Liverpool good, fans. Good. Uh, so for people who are listening who are, well, what's Everton, what's Liverpool? These are teams in English Premier League soccer and they call it the friendly rivalry, Everton and Liverpool, but it's actually also the rivalry that has the most red cards in the history of the English Premier League. So Kind of friendly, but kind of not. But yeah. I, I promise to keep things PG thirteen during this call. <laughs> we can keep it. We can talk about it after the after the call. Yeah. Exactly. So so Joseph, it sounds like you're a person who likes difficulties in your life because you said pretty much a lot of your friends, your spouse, they're all red, and yet you've gone blue anyway. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, very good question. I think that's just kind of my mo. I like to go against common thinking. If there's a ton of stuff in my life that's one way, I usually will end up on the other side for some reason. Um, I think that, man, I don't know. Now you have me all introspective and stuff. I, I, I think that, you know, it's easy to jump on board with something that's already established. Yeah. But to me, I think kind of my entrepreneurial mindset is just, uh, you know, I'd rather do something more challenging and kind of think longer term as opposed right. to like, what's the, what's the payoff in the next, you know, 24 hours or what's the payoff in the next week or the next right. year. I'm kind of thinking like, wh- where do I want to be in five years and not necessarily exactly where I want to be, but what kind of life do I want to live? And that's kind of, I think where it comes into, you know, doing the more challenging thing often for me in the long term is much more fulfilling. I mean, Liverpool has not been good either in the past decade, right? Like, it's not like it's not like Liverpool's winning the Premiership and everybody's jumping on board. We we've been bad for a while too. <laughs> Correct. Well, I, well, yeah, they, they've been, I guess, decent. You know, Everton have always kind of been looked at as a little brother team in Liverpool. So, you know, we're hoping to do a little better, but. The season's been tough. <laughs> yeah, I, to I mean, I, I would think that being a Tennessee Volunteer fan, that the Everton would be more appealing to me because we're pretty terrible and have had a, like four head coaches in the past decade, and Everton's in the same mm-hmm. place. Anyway, that's enough football. Well, now, now, now we've gotten our sports <laughs> sports junkies are happy. Well, you know, just a co- I can't remember. I think it was like last episode, or uh, actually not the last episode of as of the when this one will actually go live. Jean had a whole episode on paddle, so or whatever, however you pronounce it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that's it. pronounced, but so he had a whole thing about this growing sport and how it's becoming so popular. So I feel like a little bit of uh, okay. football is okay, okay. In, in this and football, both American and. And anyway, and, and, and real. So like and real, American I guess. Football and, 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 and real football, football yeah. whatever you want to call it. Hey, we appreciate the idea of going against the grain and not taking the easy win. I mean, when we that's what was come to we've talked about when we started Ninja Forms, everyone told us don't and don't even bother when everyone we launched said, it. Why would you? That's yeah. like, it. It's not just, hey, don't do that. It was. <laughs> Are you saying? Like, yeah. Why, why would there's you do already that? there's already definitive standards in this space. Don't bother. And I think. We have proven over the years that having a definitive standard in the space doesn't mean anything if you can come around and do it better or differently or solve a different pain point for a different segment of users. So uh, so I appreciate that. No worries. I I mean, you guys have one of the best stories in the WordPress space, period. I mean, you know, with, with Gravity Forms being such a huge player, I mean, you know, I've read your story in a bunch of different places saying like, you know, why are you going against Gravity Form? You know, and you took a whole, totally different approach and, you know, look where you guys are now. So, I mean, I think, you know, regardless of what I said, you guys are a, good, <laughs> a great example of this. So, you know, hats off to you. Well, I, uh, I thank, thank you. I certainly appreciate that. It's It's been a fun journey and uh, I, I love to watch people who basically look in the face of challenge and kind of the dissenters who say you can't be done. And they're like, yeah, challenge accepted. Right. <laughs> then uh, let's let's prove them wrong. So, Joe, tell me a little bit about where WP Buffs is today. So you talked about starting kind of really as a math teacher, transitioning into digital marketing, and that's how you kind of got introduced into the WordPress space. And now you have this uh, WP you know, WP Buffs business that's running, uh, I think, just uh, last month. Was it that you posted? I think I saw a little bit of your timeline, your, you know, your hundred customers, your hundredth customer. And 
and I, we're talking about a different type of customer too. Like in our space, in the product space, we're talking about annual renewals, and you guys, have, these are monthly customers that you're you're dealing with. Where are you guys at right now? Like, what's the what's your team look like? What is what's the makeup of the business? Things like that. Yeah, let me give you the the skinny on WP Buffs. So we started almost two years ago now. Um, so before I was doing WP Buffs, I was doing freelancing like a lot of people in the WordPress space. But I found that I was always either building a website for someone, in which case they were paying me to do so, or I was still trying to sell websites, in which case I wasn't really making any revenue from that. And I also had to do the accounting and you know wear all the hats in the business. So you know, my thought process was I would like to dive into something like a more like a productized service because I feel like I can provide good service for people, but I need a different business model. I need something where I can make recurring revenue and and honestly just have a predictable income stream. So WP Buffs was born. Yeah, again, so almost two years old. We had our hundredth customer, yeah, a month, six weeks ago or so. We're up to almost 130 or 140 now. So we're starting to hit that hockey stick yeah. uh, curve a little bit, which is exciting. Yeah, makeup of the team is great. And this, I guess, kind of goes back into the topics that you talked about at the beginning of the of the episode about remote work, because all our entire team's remote. We're trying to take a page out of the automatic handbook, if you will, and the human maids of the world. So we're moving in that direction as well. We have 10 people on the team now, a core kind of here in the, on the East Coast of the U.S., and we provide 24-7 support. And that was kind of a big differentiator that I wanted to our business as opposed to the other other people in our space. So provide 24-7 support. So we have people in all different time zones providing, you know, everything from ongoing, you know, edits to a website to making sure sites are secure and fast and all that. So tell me a little bit about how WPP Buffs operates as a business. So you said you have 10 teams, you're distributed, um, which is kind of the, the like the polar opposite of us. We're all in office and our, like our whole team is upstairs right now working while we're down here in the studio. So it's a kind of a different dynamic. We kind of huddle around. We, we just, matter of fact, just had a meeting talking about the development of the product and the current things that we're working on and kind of was working through uh, our initial scrum discovery for the product. What does a typical day look like at WP Buffs and how you communicate as a team and how you kind of keep the team moving forward and keep that productivity uh, kind of happening? Yeah, definitely a different challenge for a remote team than, you know, a local team like you guys. You know, if you have something to say to someone, you can roll over to the next desk or, you know, up, you know, up to the next level and have a conversation. Right. With a remote team, it's a little different. Since I started this company, I've been very focused on systems, processes, making sure that whenever changes are made, they're also kind of made to our systems so that we don't have to provide, you know, people don't have to have a ton of options in terms of like, how is this day going to be structured? How is this day going to be structured? It kind of gives them that skeleton so that, so that they can, you know, be efficient in their work. So, you know, for example, we have, you know, some internal team calls on Mondays, you're just using simple video chat. But we also do, we're pretty similar to automatic in the sense that a lot of our interaction is chat-based and text-based. So we're very uh, thoughtful when hiring someone that they are good email communicators, that they're can, you know, responsive on chat, that kind of yeah. stuff. But we have kind of a weekly task that's a check-in that's kind of visible to the whole team. So we can all kind of come into one almost chat room, if you will, and kind of discuss certain issues, whether it's, you know, challenges we're facing, areas of the business we need to improve. And it's great for me because I'm honestly not on the front lines every day answering every customer support ticket anymore. Everyone on our team does customer support and I still do some, but for me to get a really full 360 degree, you know, picture of how the business is doing, you know, it requires a lot of communication. So yeah, that's kind of how we do it. Probably a few more areas where we do that as well, but that's kind of the base of it. How do you handle uh, planning, right? So James mentioned that we had a product meeting. How do you handle big picture stuff? So is it just you? So, so do you say, okay, this is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there, like lay out a, a roadmap, or do you have more sort of open discussion about that? And if you do, what avenues or, or what kind of technologies do you use to, to do that, to make sure that everyone's on the same page, like roadmap wise? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. 
I think that how I used to run things when we had a smaller team was I was I considered myself the leader in terms of here's the vision of the company, here's where we want to go, and trying to put people, you know, get the right people on the bus and get people kind of driving towards that goal that I had in mind. But now that we're a larger team, I've really started to shift more towards I want to provide value to our customers. I want to provide so much value to people that they are blown away with how little they're paying us to do that. And the way that I do that is to gain feedback from users. I need to know the pain points of users. I need to know the challenges users are facing so that I can not only improve what we're doing, but maybe you know offer additional services that people need. And that could be included in, you know say, a, a WordPress care plan. So a lot of our direction is really comes from honestly it's it's our development team it's our it's our technical buffs and our happiness buffs really interacting with customers every day and working on things where we could either improve or that we can you know offer something new so a lot of our direction comes from you know at least kind of short to medium term direction comes from user feedback and from internal conversations we have on the team so are your team members then they have the authority to do whatever like whatever they need to do to solve that problem that that they see. Yeah, so so we provide a lot of leeway to our employees. Like I implemented a rule, or not a rule, but just a suggestion to everyone who starts with us and everyone who who works with us that if you have an issue or a task and it's going to, you know, take less than 2 hours to to fix it and you know a way to fix it yourself, you don't need my permission or anybody's permission. I think that action over you know, static is important. I'd rather someone, yeah. you know, make moves on things that was in their best intention. And then we can revisit that, right? We can see, was this the right decision? Was it not? If it was great, you know, maybe we can implement this, you know, on a wider scope. And if not, you know, that's okay too. Then it's a learning opportunity. So, right. so either way, team has a pretty good amount of authority to, to do what they think is right. Um, like I mentioned before, like I'm not super technical in terms of, you know, knowing PHP code. Our developers know a lot more about that than I do. So in terms of, you know, that kind of stuff, I'm going to let people do what they think is right. And we can always revisit that later to, to assess. Very cool. You know, you talked about something too that I think is important for businesses, especially as you start to grow. I mean, in the early days, right, when you're talking about three, four or five people, this isn't as important, but the, as you start to get to your size, right, where you have 10 people, we have 12 on our team total. Mm. And when you start to get that size systems and kind of repeatable patterns for solving problems and thinking through what the day looks like or what needs to get done is, is so crucial. Kevin, can you talk a little, a little bit even from our company uh, where we've had to implement systems and, and think about processes in in the company as a whole to streamline or think through how we're going to deal with some stuff that we otherwise didn't need to think about when it was just like three of us or four of us. Yeah, so something that from a development perspective, uh, from a product development perspective, right, in, in the past, it was just me. I'm I'm a developer by by trade. And so it was me and one other developer, right? And, and we were the developers on the project. And so if we wanted to add something to the product, a feature, or we wanted to release something new, I would just say, okay, hey, yeah, let's do that, right? Let's, let, let's push that out there. But as we've grown and I have been moved away from day-to-day -day development, we've had to figure out how do we impart to our developers an understanding that features you add to a product are not development decisions. That's a business decision, right? If you're going to add a feature to a product, or you're going to release something new, that decision is not made by, oh, that would be cool. When you are three or four people sitting in a room, it's Especially when the business owner is also the developer, right. right? So it's probably making some business decisions. But as a developer from the outside looking in without a system, without a process, without a framework to, to kind of guide it, they just see a developer making what they think is a developer decision. Right. And so then if you don't have some sort of framework or parameters on it, all of a sudden developers start going oh, I'm just going to build this in. It only takes me two seconds. Or I'm going to, for yep. us, I'm going to build this add-on. Right. And we're like, whoa, why would we put that energy in that add-on? It has no market. It's not being <laughs> right. asked for. You're, you're, yep. you're, you're solving a problem that doesn't exist. Right. So we've started implementing processes and, and workflows for products to move from idea to 
release, right? And before, there wasn't really a pipeline for that, right? It was just, okay, hey, I wrote this cool thing. Let's sell it. And so building in those systems that help our developers learn what kinds of things we can put in and what we can release, because I don't think it's super helpful to just have an, a manager who looks at everything everything and says, yes, no, yes, no, right? Like you want to teach your developers how to make those decisions mm-hmm. because if you do, then they become a much more useful asset to you, right? Like lots of businesses in the WordPress space are started by developers, right? Like they develop a plugin or a product and they have a hard time shifting from developer hat to, to business owner hat. And then they make all of their decisions about what to release based on an engineer's perspective. Like, oh man, it'd be really awesome if I could, if it, if it could do this, if our product could do X or Y. They don't ever ask, but will that sell? Like, will people pay money for that? And so I think for us, it's it's the system to try to help our, our developers gain that knowledge that has taken me several years to gain. And really just from being uh, kind of shoved into the entrepreneur seat alongside James that I've, I've learned that unsystematically. And so we're, we're trying to work out ways to, for our developers to learn that in a systematic fashion. I would say, too as a team grows and you know a lot of our listeners are either solopreneurs or they have really small teams and we have some listeners on the other side of that too are probably a little bit larger than us and as far as all three of us what we're what we're kind of running as teams now but we're at this kind of awkward stage and it's not just product development sometimes it's people development systems that need to be put in place and you know the the nasty hr word as you start to get to this size you start thinking about more hr things that right. you didn't otherwise think about because all of a sudden you realize oh this isn't a process problem this actually is a person problem and when a person problem comes in that's where hr has to step in to say how do we correct a right. people problem and and so you start having that you also have the idea of at our size you're not an organization where people are climbing the ladder to become the VP of of technical, you know, of product development, or uh, I want to become the VP of finances, or I want to become whatever the case may be. At this size, nobody's really vying for that position. But how do you create a structure of growth and development where they can say, "But I am on a journey. I am on a path of becoming something more right. in this business as it grows." Those are also systems oh, that start to develop. Those are the systems you wanted me to talk about. Oh, wow. Well, that was that. So, <laughs> so what kind of, I, so I'm curious as you've gotten to this size and, and really you said uh, WP Bus has been around for two years now and you're already as a, as a, at a team of 10, which means you guys have been growing fairly quick and adding new team members pretty rapidly, I would think. Uh, what does that look like as far as what kind of systems have you found yourself having to put more and more in place as the business has grown? Like, for instance, can you think of a couple systems that you've had to put in place now that you didn't need back when it was like you and two other people? Yes, I can <laughs> think of a few. I mean, people who are at very small companies, you know, the one through three person companies, you know, you think that once you grow to like 10 people, that your problems will go away and that now you're making money. And so now things are easier, but it's actually totally the opposite. The challenges get bigger and more complicated as you grow the team. So when you have one person, right, a solopreneur, the communication, you have one node of communication, right? So you have only one person who you have to talk to. That's just yourself. And when you have three people, now you're talking about six different ways that all those people can converse. So when you add 10, it just becomes exponential, right? Now you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of ways for people to communicate there. So, I mean, one thing we've had to kind of structure a little bit is just how our internal communication works. We use the teamwork suite. So teamwork projects, teamwork desk, teamwork chat for everything, internal management pretty much. But yeah, when it was just a couple of us really having one-on-one chat was super easy. Now we have, you know, Nick Adams, who uh, has been brought onto the team as kind of our, our lead happiness buff. He is, you know, put some systems in place, like having different, you know, chat rooms for different, you know, areas of the business. So whether it's business development, whether it's, uh, you know, technical issues, when it was just, you know, a couple of us, it was easy just to like ping stuff back and forth. Now we yeah. have to, you know, segment things in different areas, keep things organized or or things will get lost uh, in noise. So just one example, but, you know, there are definitely a few systems you have to put in place, like, like exactly like you said, that it's not just 
maybe not just process driven, but is, is people driven, right? Yeah. Now I'm not necessarily on the day-to-day execution of everything, but I have to provide people the resources they need to be able to do their jobs better and the documentation they need to do their jobs better and some of those processes put in place. So I think that's more my role now than it, than I guess the execution side. I love that you mentioned communication as a problem too, because as one of the one of the main systems, because that was probably the first one that we recognized as a system that absolutely needed to change for whatever reason. And this is a this is a struggle. And I I almost feel like if you're remote, this is maybe an easier uh, kind of challenge to tackle because you're already in a we have to post everything in right. Slack already, or in whatever our tool right. is. We have to communicate this to everyone anyway because we're all remote. Otherwise, nobody knows anything if we don't communicate this. Exactly. Whereas for us, when we were in office, it was, you know, when it was just three or four of us, three or four of us were always in every conversation that took place that was like mission critical. So when a decision was made, everybody knew it because all four people were in that meeting. Right. As the team grew, some of these decisions would be made in hallway conversations and yet, no, there would be people who would find out about it later going, well, when did we make that decision? I didn't yeah. know we were, that was what we were doing. Now. Yeah, and, and for, for us, you know, it, it's been, especially for the few people that have been with us, you know, since the, since the beginning, I think for them, it can feel a little shocking to be in a place where every decision that we make as a business is not ran by every person that works here anymore. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. And so I think that actually has been something that we've had to learn is that when you have three or four people, it's very easy to say, okay, we're going to have a consensus on everything we do as a business, right? Because there's four of us and we can talk and we can sort it out. But as the business gets bigger, the chances of someone in your organization disagreeing with something that the business does, it it grows, right? Just because you have more people. Yeah. And so, you know, I think this is a good, this is a good point to kind of kind of transition to one of our other topics that we had mentioned at the top of the show was this idea that in two years, you're, you know, you're up to 10 and then probably four years, I guess, three years, uh, we went to a team of 12. And so I think collectively in this, on this call, we have hired a lot of people fairly rapidly and, and our team has increased quickly. And so some of these systems that we're talking about um, got revealed from just the growth and going, oh my gosh, we need something to solve this problem. But so you've been hiring. Tell me a little bit about this, the, your hiring process. What does hiring look like for WP Buffs and, and how have you been uh, dealing with that challenge? I think especially since you have been choosing to go that fully distributed route, what, is, what does that look like for you? The main lever we've used for hiring has been uh, post status. Okay. So post status, membership, website, mostly WordPress related people, well, all WordPress related people, but mostly WordPress uh, people in the business space. And so their job boards have been really invaluable. I haven't done as much hiring, like posting to, you know, like using a zip recruiter to post to like a hundred job sites. I, I want to be somewhere that's really WordPress specific, that's really WordPress heavy, that's really part of the WordPress community. And I want to hire people who also have that in mind. So I think Nick Adams was, again, a person who comes to mind who found us through the post status job boards uh, has been an awesome addition to the team. The kind of process of hiring is just like everything else here is is really systems driven. Um, We have full, it's like a day or two days of onboarding that people have to do in order to even you know, really gain full access to everything they need. And so we give people a really good idea of what it's like to work here and what, you know, they need to set up on, you know, their own computers in terms of security to move forward with things. So everything's pretty systematized in terms of, you know, bringing on new people and hiring has been definitely an experience. We've made uh, a good number of good hires, but we've also made, you know, hired some people who have not worked out for us. So that's absolutely something I'm still perfecting as well. I'm far from perfect uh, and our team is far from perfect. But I think now that our team, we have, you know, we have good people on the team now, Help having them help out in that hiring process has been really invaluable. I mean, now it's not just me hiring, you know, I bring Nick in to help with hiring all the time because he's kind of the number two. So I want his, I need his input. He needs to believe in the people we're hiring and the people we're bringing onto the team that they'll, you know, do a great job for us as well. So having that help is also been pretty valuable. 
How else do you involve your team in the hiring process? I, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of bringing on the number two and being about, do you involve the rest of your team in that hiring process at all? What is, what is bringing a new person into WP Buffs look like as far as, as, as that onboarding process? So as of now, it's really Nick and I doing the hiring. I, I like the, so human made another very popular, you know, remote WordPress company. Mm-hmm. They just released their kind of entire hiring uh, subdomain as open source. So that's something I've dived pretty deep into to see, you know, what gems I can pick up. Eventually, I would like to have a process in place where every single point of onboarding is put into a system. I mean, right now, kind of what I just talked about now is in place. You know, we have, you know, kind of a buddy system so that people who come on because when you're working remotely, if you're not being actively involved in things, you know, it can get lonely or you can kind of lose your way a little bit. Um, And so when we know that that's just a huge part of working remotely, it's not just like what work can you do because you do that working non-remotely as well. It's like, how do you build your life around working, you know, in here by myself, you know, in my house uh, during the day. So we make sure we have a buddy system. We give people the resources they need to, and the people they need to to be successful. So that's kind of where we are now. It's, it's again, it's far from perfect, and we're always improving, but always looking at ways to improve. And especially talking to people who have who have been with us, you know, what are the ways we could have done better for you, is usually a, a good question to ask. Yeah, no, that's great. I know hiring has always been weird for us because, like the opposite situation, we're hiring locally, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, it seems for better or for worse, most of our hiring is through connections with our team. So, you know, our first hire was somebody that Kevin and I both knew. Mm-hmm. And so we brought brought him on. Matter of fact, there's actually only one person who's on our team that did not otherwise have a connection to someone else on the team before they, they were brought in. And that was our fourth hire. So Kyle, when we hired him, he was just a developer in Cleveland that found out we were posting a job, but we're also running a WordPress meetup. So he decided to come and kind of connect with us that way. But all of our other hires have been through connections. Now, we've put up job applications and we've shared it out. But generally speaking, the people who apply are people who know and are connected to other people in the business for some reason. So that, for better or worse, that's been the dynamic of our hiring. It's not like strangers and, uh, or, or even just like well-known people in, a, in, a, in, the, in the broader WordPress community. It's like, yeah. this, is, this is it. No, I think that I think there's something to be said for that. You know, I mean, I've touch base with Pippin, you know, at like post status publish this year. And he said the same thing. I mean, a lot of the people that, that he brings on, it does come through relationships. Yep. A few of our hires have also come through good relationships. We're actually bringing on someone this week, hopefully, who was through a relationship. Whenever we do hiring, we push it out to everyone on our team saying, we just put this job post up. Like if you yep. know anybody, you know, let them apply because usually the good people know other good people, right? Yep. So I think that I'm sure that there are advantages and disadvantages of having that kind of small bubble of community. But to me, that seems like a big advantage. And honestly, it's just kind of an an easier way to build a team and to build good culture, right? If, if someone on your team is suggesting someone else for the job, they already you know, know that person somewhat and think that they would do a good job. So there's already that bond that's there. And so I think that helps instead of introducing someone new. So I, I think that's pretty smart, actually. Yeah. Um, I have a sort of unrelated question, still about hiring and stuff, but not about <laughs> being related to people. Are your team members like W two employees, or are they ten ninety nine like like contract contractors? Ten ninety nine employees. So, okay. as of right now, everyone's ten ninety nine. So I guess that they are technically contractors. Sure. But sure. Most people on the team are working, except for one person. So one person's probably working like five to 10 hours a week. Um, That's just our designer. We just don't do a lot of design work. And all the design work we do is for us. You know, it's for stuff internal. internal. And our marketing stuff. But uh, most of our employees are, or I guess, technically contractors, they're hovering around 20 to 30 hours a week. Yeah. So, yeah. Right now, contractors... Do you ever see that changing? Because I, I know that it, at least here in the U.S., it can be tricky when you're hiring people in different states, having yeah. a nexus in that state to pay taxes. And it, it gets really it gets really wonky yep. uh, really quickly if you want to do something other than 1099. So do you ever do you ever see that changing for your for your team? Yes, I do see it changing. 
Yeah, it's exactly what you said. Small businesses, you know, if I had, if I ran this business and I wanted to bring 10 people on full time right now as W2 employees, you know, when you hire someone for, you know, $50,000 a year, you probably have, your business has to probably be able to pay for $75,000 a year or so for that employee. Cause now we're talking about, you know, for, do you want to do healthcare? Like, are you providing them additional resources? And Right. So there's just a lot of hidden costs in that. Any small company that wants to hire, you know, a bunch of full-time employees right away, uh, you know, you better either have a pretty big goose egg that you're <laughs> willing to invest in, or you better have raised capital for your company in order to fund all those full-time employees. Um, right. So since the beginning, I've been slow and steady bringing people on. The I do see us hiring as many people as we can full-time. Um, my goal has been to. I would like to run a company where people have healthcare and people are able right. to, you know, work full time and for this to be their job. And so, yes, eventually I would like to go there, but we have to reach, uh, you know, financial oh, sure. markers in order to make sure. those transitions. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, right now it's a process. It's kind of like part-time contractor and hoping to bring people on full time as we continue to ramp up. Yeah, yeah it's it gets really interesting as you as you look at remote work that's one of the things that sort of turned james and i off i think from remote work other than the fact that i would be terrible i i, I would not be good <laughs> at remote work or good at overseeing it mm. um but a part of it is just the legal stuff around having people working in different states in the u.s yeah, different countries for it, sure it, it, it can get really uh complex i would say too I, you know to be honest i don't think it was one of the reasons but it was one of the one of the things that made us feel good about the decision, oh, yeah, there's another reason why this is a good idea. So it became one of those things. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, like you've mentioned, right, you have human made, you have automatic, and there are tons of oh, business I, in the space that do it really well. Do it. So Sure. I, I don't mean to say that, that it can't be done. I just, it's not for me to do, I guess. It's actually I mean. funny. We had it, We have an employee who, because of personal reasons, ended up becoming a little bit more remote. And we didn't hire people to be remote. We are remote friendly. So mm -hmm. for here and there when that's needed, certainly like we have no problem with that, but the, it became a, in the office one time a week and remote every other day. And finally we just got to the point where we're like, we're, there's stuff that we, I, I, I kind of had a conversation with them and I said, here, I'm going to give you a bonus to buy a car to get back and forth from the office. Cause that was one of the reasons I said, so I'm going to go ahead and give you a bonus to buy a car. And I said, and I, I just want you to know, this is a, it's not you, it's me speech. Because, <laughs> because you've been doing fine. You have been self-managing well. You have been communicating well. You've been all this. But I do not have the skills yet to manage a remote team, especially with one remote and everyone else in office. Mm -hmm. It's too hard for me to think of those. And in which case, which most people will advise, if you even have one remote person, your whole company needs to run like it's a remote team. And I'm like, I'm not ready to do that. Right. So unfortunately, because you work, not because of you, but because you work for me, I need you to be in the office. Yeah, I, so I don't think know. James is ever going to pull the trigger on remote work either because <laughs> if he does then I'm then I'm gone that's true Kevin has threatened that if we ever go remote then he, he's just going to move back to England so it's true <laughs> I think that people there are all sorts of articles people write about right it's like I manage this remote team like this is how you can do it or I don't do remote and this is uh -huh. how you do it I think a lot of people they'll go in and read those articles and think like I need to take every single piece of this and apply it to my business because someone else did it sure. successfully, right? I am, you know, having some success running a remote team. You guys are having, you know, pretty good success running a non-remote team. What's important for everyone to realize is that whatever you read, whatever successes people have, there are a million different ways to run a successful company, right? You know, people run successful remote companies. People run successful non-remote companies knowing yourself and knowing how you manage people and honestly knowing the best way for you to to run a company that is going to benefit you to benefit your employees in your specific case is more important than than anything else right because you know if you had run a remote team you probably wouldn't have been as successful as you have been now uh, mm -hmm. and maybe right. me the same way if i had run a remote team i wouldn't have been as successful so it's all you know experimenting figuring out what you want to do and and pushing that forward and, and, uh, correcting as you go. I mean, that's all you can really do. Yeah. And you, you said, you said it really well, right? There are many ways to run a successful business. And so on the flip side, 
there are many ways to run an unsuccessful business. So <laughs> how, we're going to a good transition, right? Did you like that? That was really good. I loved it. So what are some, what would you say were some of the um, challenges or mistakes you have made in this stage in building kind of a, a WordPress business since most of us are operating primarily in the WordPress space? I think that one of the, the bigger mistakes I made for a while was not putting a big enough focus on the business and financial side of things. I think that a lot of people in the WordPress space, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say make this mistake, but it's definitely something that shouldn't be overlooked. A lot of people are developers and they want to build a great product, but on in terms of the financial side and the business development side, you know, things have to be sound in order to, especially if you want to build a business around it, you know, you have to be making X amount of money and X amount of profit and X amount of revenue in order to, to run your business and to fund yourself to continue to grow. So I think at the when I started running WP Buffs, I was kind of had this idea in mind, oh, I'm going to do WordPress care plans. I'm going to try and be the best in this space at it. And like, what are the aspects of a care plan that people care about and that people will, will pay us for? But I wasn't as necessarily involved in, you know, making sure that I was checking my QuickBooks every month. Um, in fact, <laughs> right. I specifically remember looking at this repeating task. It comes up every month in my repeating task, right? I saw it and I said, oh, that's complete. I'll deal with it next month, you know? Because I really just, I didn't want to deal with it. And now looking back, realizing I probably should have put more of an emphasis on that. Even though it's not as fun for me, I either should have handled it or paid someone right. to handle it because it, having a finan financial kind of uh, outlook on how your business is doing is, is really important. It tells you if you're going in the right direction financially and not to say that money is the only important thing, but every successful business in the history of the world has done, has one thing in common, right? Like they make money and they sustain themselves. And so that's something I always thought I, uh, I kind of wish I'd focused on a little bit earlier. Right. No, I think that's that's solid. I, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, people either getting started or e even much further in their journey. And one of the common things that I see is just what you said. They, in, in a lot of ways, um, and I think even, and we did this in the early, early, early days of, of our company, we kind of ran it month to month and just kind of looked at the cash in and spent whatever cash came in and weren't thinking for long-term budget and what do we need at the end of the year and, yeah. uh, and, and what does all of that look like? And, you know, our budget today versus our budget three years ago, significantly different looking. Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's probably a good, uh, you know, 70 plus lines in the spreadsheet on our budget today. And back then it was like, five yeah. <laughs> like money in uh cash out into these three places and there wasn't much left on the other line yeah <laughs> so i have some money I, I i owe i'm gonna owe some taxes at the end of this year like probably something oh, i should yeah, like we've, have we've had some fun with that before and then it comes around you're like oh this was a mistake i guess i'll learn from it but not an easy mistake you know yeah yeah, yeah that, that stuff hurts I've been in trouble yeah yeah I think it's easy, right, when you get to a certain number of employees and a certain number of a certain amount of necessary structure, it's easy at that point to say, Oh yeah, I need to pay attention to my accounts and oh yeah, I need good admin. Yeah. But it's harder to realize you need good admin when you are three people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I think that's the takeaway, right? If you are someone who is a solopreneur or that's a weird word to say or you have a really small team, uh, the admin side of things can seem like superfluous work that is just extra. Right? It, it's, it'd be nice to do that. It'd be nice to have admin. Um, but in reality, I, I think if you're on top of that, you can, you can grow your business faster if you're, a, if you're more aware of what's actually happening. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think it's, if you know, if you're a team of three people, like something in my head tells me you probably should be flying by the seat of your pants a little bit. Like you should be like, moving fast. You should be like trying to do a little bit of everything because that's, that's kind of the stage you're at. Right. You know, yep. you have to do accounting. You have to do all this stuff because you, you also have to run lean, right? You can't yet maybe afford, you know, to bring someone in, you know, for all your accounting and stuff. But I, I'm definitely running into this part of my business where, you know, now we're nine, 10 people. And so I really have to, pay more people like people to do accounting, like maybe someone to help out with like HR functionality. 
roles that are not necessarily billable, right? Like my, mm-hmm. all of the people who do WP Buffs work, their time's billable. So I can compare that to, you know, how much our customers are, are paying right. us and there's an ROI like, out that financially. Yeah. There's an ROI there, but to have someone handle our like taxes and then balance our QuickBooks. And that's just money. That's, that's, it's being put to use, but I'm not making any money from that. So I think that a lot of businesses and similar to where you guys are now, where you have to pay for admin functions too, which is why I guess I'd wish I'd spent a little bit more time on the finances at the beginning so that when we were at this stage, it wouldn't be as challenging to afford some of these things. Sure. You know, we're doing well financially, but if I had been paying attention more earlier and really pushing the right levers, I think we could have been in an even better position. So learning moment, but, but, um, it's, if you're planning to have a team of, you know, five plus, just know that you will run into a, a point of your business where you have to add admin functionality and systems and you're going to have to pay for it. And so that's where making sure your company is profitable and has, you know, good revenue ratios is going to be really important. So, yeah, those, those are good points too, right? Because like when we, when we hire a marketer or we hire a developer, we're like, this person will pay for themselves and then some. And so that's an easy decision to make to bring them on. But then when you go to hire like a bookkeeper, yes. you're like, this person is going to bring us nothing. It is just okay. it is just a cost. And that is yes. all it is. They may bring us their splendid personality, which our bookkeeper does, um, may bring their splendid personality and so like that. But it's just it is. It's a cost. It well, I mean, it's also insurance in case the IRS or someone comes and wants to look at your books. Definitely. You know, it's nice to have them in order uh, and not and not have to, you know, scramble That's true. to find it, it, something. It is a little bit of uh, a little bit of insurance in that regard. Yeah. And it does bring you back a little bit more time. So, you know, when I was trying to balance my own books towards the beginning of this, it was, you know, a ton of hours because I didn't really know what I was doing also. Sure. Yeah. One, I was probably doing it wrong. Two, <laughs> taking a bunch of hours every month that I could have been spent better elsewhere. So these are very important things to spend money on is to for you to be able to have more time for your team to have more time to spend on the things that like are billable right but that immediate return of like are you literally making me money is a little bit more pressure for the like next three months right but in the long term you have to invest in these things like if i ever want to run a company of 50 people these things better be in place or i'm never going to make it there so you know yeah. at some point i have to think like where do I see myself in three years and put myself and our company in a position to like be able to even get there, right? You have to put those building blocks in place to, to even make it if you have those ambitions, so. Yeah, and you know, there was a time a year or two ago where we did not have a good enough handle on can we financially afford to hire someone right now? I mean, we knew, we mm, knew. That we hired we, them anyway. Right, but. we did. But <laughs> we, we knew that we had the need, but our decision of can we afford this person long term was James looking at the number, like like looking at our income and our, and our outgoing and going, uh, I think so. <laughs> um, and, and so that led to, so that led to a lean, like a lean year where, where James and I like made less money. Um, just personally, not like business, probably like personally right. lived on credit for, you know, a month or two uh, because we had made a a decision in the long term worked out. Right. But in the short term, there was pain. That pain might not have been there had we paid more, had we been better. Yeah, we talked about mistakes in business in, in in this space. And I would say for us, that was probably our mistake. And it is certainly tied to the finances and not having a good enough good enough handle on the finances and the the economy of your business. And it ended up being we hired fast. We hired too fast because, you know, when you're bootstrapping and things are growing and you you, all of a sudden you find what happens is for most businesses, I'll I'll predict it for for those of you who are are bringing in revenue and the revenue starts to come in a little faster than you were expecting it to. All of a sudden you think I have more money than I can spend. This is the most amazing thing in the world. But trust me, you can spend it fast. <laughs> um, <Very> fast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, we spent it on things like, oh, well, we're going to go sponsor this uh, WordCamp, and so we're well, going to buy, you know, 800 T-shirts, and we're going to, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but 800 T-shirts are really expensive. <laughs> like, even if you get a really good rate, you're talking about close to $10,000 yeah, to buy 800 T-shirts. We, we never once thought, what's the, like, return on spending that money on T-shirts? <laughs> but you can spend your money fast, and you just... 
uh, if I were to give a kind of advice or a warning to an earlier entrepreneur who's getting started and maybe seeing their company start to grow is <laughs> be fiscally responsible, look at your money and look towards the future, not towards the month that you're in. Because yes, you want to hire and when you're growing and you need a developer, you need support team or you need, you know, you need marketing, you need all of these things. Yes, you need them. But I would say it's always it's always better actually to play a little slower than faster because you could find yourself in a situation where you're taking you're you're paying yourself less or nothing because you've hired too fast. And you know, for us, our responsibility is our team. We've we've brought them on. They have put their faith and their family in our hands and said, yeah. "I'm counting on this business to succeed, and I will I will work hard." So the first people who don't get paid is us. And so. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep that in mind when you're out there. But I agree, right? The finance and the money part of it is really important. I recommend, I've mentioned this before, I recommend to anyone, if you're looking at, if you're getting ready to get started, there's a great book by Mike McCullough. It's called Profit First. I would highly recommend you read that book and check it out. It's just a great idea of thinking of your finances from the very, from day one is how do I become profitable from day one? And you can do it. You can be profitable from day one if you apply some really basic principles to your business, and that is super helpful. So I just I kind of recommend even if you don't apply it like like completely, just understanding that philosophy and those principles of thinking future proofing your business a little bit is super helpful. Anyway, we we are coming around to our one hour mark, and so we need to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Joe, thank you so much for being on the show with us and just kind of You're talking welcome. about all these topics. This was a lot of fun. It was fun. I had an awesome time. I really love talking about this stuff, uh, whether whether it's like in my business or external in my business. This stuff's always always a blast to talk about. So thanks for having me on, and be happy to join again if you'll have me. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Well, there are, there are always uh, there's always important business topics to be discussed on Mastermind.fm, so I'm sure we'll be able to have you on again to talk about this stuff. And I would encourage everyone to kind of connect to, to Joe and some of the stuff that he's doing. He's writing over on WP Buffs about the business and also the success of the business, the failures, the struggles, the things that he's learning in building a WordPress business. So that's also a great resource to kind of see, uh, get kind of different perspectives in the business space and how they're doing it. But beyond all of that, Joe, if they they want to, if people want to get connected to you or read more and learn more about you, where can they do that? So you can head over to wpbuffs.com. If you go to the blog, you'll find some of my articles there. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I, we have a lot of WordPress tutorials and eBooks, but I also write there personally just to, to, you know, on topics like, you know, successfully working remotely when your significant other does not that's a situation that I found myself in. And so passing along some of that information, uh, you know, as along with others is also good. If people want to hit me up on Twitter uh, at Joseph H. Howard. So just three H's there in the middle. And yeah, WP Buffs is just the WP Buffs on Twitter. So feel free to, to give us a follow, like on Facebook, check out the blog. We're here to help. Awesome. Joe, thank you again so much for being on the show. Kevin, thank you for being on the show and and joining me in this conversation. And for all the listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. Be sure to check out WP Buffs. We'll try to put some links to all of the stuff that we discussed uh, in the show notes, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Later.